0: Chapter One Hundred and Eighty-One of Varny the Vampire, Volume Three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Gazina. Varny the Vampire, Volume Three, by Thomas Prescott Prest. Chapter One Hundred and Eighty-One. It is midnight, and the landlord of the hotel suddenly springs out of bed on to the floor as if he had been galvanized, carrying with him all the bedclothes and leaving his wife shivering. Good gracious, what was that? He cried, and well, he might, for the repose of the whole house was broken in upon by two loud shrieks such as had never before sounded within those walls, and then all was still as the grave. "'Murder! Murder!' shouted the landlady. "'Somebody has stolen all the bedclothes!' "'Bother the bedclothes!' cried the landlord, as he hurried on his apparel by the dim light of a night-lamp that was burning on the dressing-table. "'There's something wrong in the house, or else I have had one of the strangest dreams that ever anybody had, and one of the most likely reality, too. Did you hear them?' "'Oh, those horrid screams!' It's not a dream, then, for two people don't dream the same thing at the same moment of time, that's quite clear. Hark! Hark! What's that? What a banging of doors, to be sure! Who's there? Who's there? Wait a bit. The landlord lifted the night bolt of his bedroom, and then there dashed into the room, in only one garment, which fluttered in the breeze, no other than the young man who had come with the ladies. He made but one spring into the landlord's bed, crying, oh take care of me oh save me there's thieves or something and i shall be hurt oh save me save me i can't fight i never did spare my life oh spare my life oh the wretch shrieked the landlady and the landlord justly enough enraged at that intrusion seized upon the intruder and shot him out of the room viat armis and that with such force too that he rolled all the way down the stairs Upsetting Sam, who was rushing up with a lantern, it having been his turn to sit up all night as one of the establishment always did, in case of fire or anything happening which might make it necessary to arouse the inmates of the house, the landlord, however, had completed enough of his toilette to enable him to make a decent appearance. so out he sallied, having lit a candle, and the first person he met upon the landing was Mr. Blue. "'fully dressed, and with a pistol in his hand. "'Good God, sir!' cried the landlord. "'What is it all about? What has happened, sir?' "'I cannot tell you, and I am as anxious as you can be to know. "'This way, this way, it was the young lady who screamed. "'For God's sake, lend me a light!' "'The landlord resigned his light mechanically, "'and he saw to his surprise that there was a black patch "'now over one of Mr. Blue's eyes.' "'and he thought his face was painted. "'At all events he was so much disguised "'that it was only by his voice that the landlord knew him. "'Before, however, they either of them got across the corridor "'to the door of the young lady's room, "'Mr. and Mrs. Lake, half-dressed, made their appearance, "'both eagerly inquiring what was the matter. "'I don't know,' said the landlord. "'I only heard a scream.' "'Which came from the apartment of that young lady?' "'said Mr. Blue.' "'What young lady?' said Mr. Lake sharply. "'It's rather odd that you, a stranger, should know so precisely "'which was the apartment of that young lady. "'Mrs. Lake, go in and see if anything be the matter with Annetta. "'I hope to heaven nothing is amiss with her.' "'Mr. Lake looked suspiciously at Mr. Blue, and so did the landlord, "'for when Mr. Blue had spoken in the presence of the Lakes, "'his voice was completely altered, "'so that the landlord no longer could have recognised him by it, "'and he was more puzzled than ever. "'Oh, come in, come in, Mr. Lake!' "'cried Mrs. Lake, "'appearing at the door of Anetta's room. "'She is dead!' "'Dead!' cried Mr. Blue with a shout. "'Oh, no, no, no!' "'He dashed past Mr. Lake, "'the landlord and Mrs. Lake, "'and was in the room in a moment. "'They went after him "'as soon as they had recovered "'sufficiently from their surprise to do so, "'and they saw him with his hands clasped, and bending over the form of the beautiful young girl as she lay in bed no 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 he said she is not dead she has fainted god knows what the cause may be but she is not dead thank heaven he turned from the bedside and without saying another word to the parties present he walked away to his own room and left them staring at each other in surprise the young lady now opened her eyes "'and looked wildly about her for a few moments, "'and then she spoke quickly. "'Oh, help! 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 "'Away! Away! Oh, horror! "'Horror! Horror!' "'Annetta! My dear Annetta!' said Mrs. Lake. "'What is this? "'Pray, sir, retire!' to the landlord. "'My dear Anetta, what has alarmed you? "'My dear, go away, Mr. Lake. "'I will let you know all about it. "'It's a mystery to me at present.' "'Go away. "'I'll be back soon.' Mr. Lake left the room, and in the corridor he found the landlord, who was looking as bewildered as any mortal man could well look, for he could make neither head nor tail of the whole affair. "'Landlord,' said Mr. Lake, "Who is that party who behaved so strangely just now?' "'His name is Blue, sir.' "'Blue, Blue, an odd name, and an odd man. "'Where can I have seen him before?' Just as he cried out and went into the room, I thought there was a something in his voice that came familiarly to my ears, and yet I don't know him. I suspect, landlord, that he has more to do with this midnight disturbance than he would care to own. "'Well, sir, I don't know,' said the landlord, whose interest it was not to disoblige or throw suspicion upon any of his guests. "'It really ain't very likely, sir.' "'I should say the young lady has had a bad dream, sir, and that's almost all that can be said about it.' "'It may be so.' "'You may depend. That's what it will turn out to be, sir.' "'I hope so. I hope so. These things are not at all pleasant, and if anything of the kind should happen again we should have to quit directly, you know. But I can say nothing now about it until I have heard from Mrs. Lake what account Annetta gives of the affair. That alone must guide us in the whole business.' "'In the morning we will talk about it, sir.' "'There was a great deal of austerity in the manner of Mr. Lake. "'Indeed, he might well enough be excused for not being over-pleased at what had taken place. "'And as for Mr. Blue, there certainly was sufficient in his behaviour "'to induce a large amount of suspicion that he was in some way connected with the affair. "'Moreover, the efforts he evidently made in the way of disguise "'were extremely suspicious in themselves.' he evidently had a something to conceal and when the landlord was now left alone in the corridor he was strongly induced to make one of his first acts in the morning a notice to mr blue that he would much prefer his room to the company at the london hotel he was he was strongly induced to make one of his first acts in the morning a notice to mr blue that he would much prefer his room to his company at the london hotel And then it all of a sudden came to the landlord's head how poor Mr. Black must have been distressed at what had taken place, for Sam had told him what Mr. Black had said about wishing to sleep quietly, so that he felt quite a pang at the idea of so civil a gentleman having been so awfully disturbed, as he must have been, and he had no doubt but that in the morning he would go away. "'I wonder if he is awake,' thought the landlord, "'If I could but make some sort of apology to him to-night and soothe him, all might be well. "'I'll first go and listen at his door. "'It may be that he really wants something, and if so, perhaps it would look attentive to knock and see him. "'I think I will. "'It's quite out of the question that he should have slept in the middle of all this riot.' "'He approached Mr. Black's door and listened. "'All was still as the very grave.' "'What a horrid thing it would be if the shock, in his weak state, has been the death of him,' thought the landlord, and the very idea made him quake again. After a few moments passed in this state of painful thought, he found that it would be quite out of the question for him to go to his own room again, without ascertaining how Mr. Black was, and accordingly he knocked at the door, first gently and then louder, and then louder still, but received no answer.' "'Oh, this won't do. I must get in somehow,' thought the landlord. He tried the handle, and found in a moment that the door was not fast. A light was burning on the side of the table, which was close to the bed, and there lay Mr. Black, fast asleep, and looking so calm and serene, although he was an ugly man, that the landlord was truly astonished to see him. "'Well,' he said, "'that's what I call sound sleeping at all events.' "'It's a mercy, however. "'Oh, law! he's going to awake!' "'Mr. Black opened his eyes and looked up. "'I beg your pardon, sir,' said the landlord. "'I earnestly beg your pardon, "'but as there has been a little noise in the house, "'I came to see, first if you had been disturbed, "'and then if you wanted anything, sir.' "'No, no, thank you. "'Has there been a noise, do you say?' Uh, a little sir well I was fast asleep and did not hear it however I do sleep so sound that I think a cannon going off in my ear would hardly awaken me I am much obliged however for your attention landlord can't I get you anything sir nothing until the morning thank you thank you sir good night sir good night well said the landlord As, finding all quiet, he took his way now back to his own room. Well, he is a gentleman, every inch of him, that he is. How very mild and polite. He hasn't been disturbed. Well, that's a comfort. Chapter one hundred eighty one.